podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. She earned a great deal of money for, uh, for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned round and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realised that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in this inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and felt trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptised. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Thanks, Lion. We pray the Lord might bless the reading of his word this morning as we've shared that together. Can you believe we're in the 10th week of being um, in a position where we can't all meet together at church? It seems in one hand to have gone really quick and then the other hand it seems to have gone really slow. Um, But we look forward, of course, to that time where we can again meet together in our church buildings and enjoy uh, fellowship together. In the meantime, though, I wanted to start something new this week. Um, I just wanted to start with a question, though, that was, was this. Have you ever brought something that wasn't real? You know, the odd pair of uh, Roy Bonds, maybe? 
I once made it my goal um, while we were over in Italy to buy a Rolex watch. Not a real one, but one that perhaps isn't quite so real, a counterfeit one. Nine euros later, I was the proud owner of a Rolex, or if I remember rightly, I think it was Bolex, but anyway. It, it looked good from a distance, um, and with the sunlight in your eyes, you could maybe think that it was real. But this is the honest truth, 20 minutes later, I looked down to tell the time on my new Rolex, and the hour hand was floating in the glass. It had fallen off. Lowell's side of the family will remember this well as they all laughed for far too long at this very sad time. The point here is that the, the watch wasn't real. It was counterfeit. And the truth is that it won't stand the test of time. The pun was intended. It won't stand the test. And I want to look together over the next few weeks at a sermon series title that I've given The Real Stuff. I want to have a look at the real stuff, not counterfeit, but real. Real joy, real hope, real love, because these will stand the test of time. They will stand up to the moments in life, good and bad, they will stand up. Real joy, real hope and real love aren't reliant on the circumstances or surroundings. They're reliant on God. Let me show you from our text that Lolly's read for us from Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 34. I just uh, lay the foundation a little bit. Paul and Silas were in Philippi. We find that in verse 12 of chapter 16, and I'll read that quickly for you. From there, he says, we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there for several days. So Paul and Silas were out in Philippi. They were out sharing the gospel the good news about Jesus Christ. Paul was indeed stepping into what God had called him to. Jesus met him as Paul was on his way to Damascus to, to continue his persecution of the church. And Jesus met him and gave him the mission to preach the gospel, the good news, to the Gentiles, to those who were non-Jews. To you and me, if we're watching this morning, who aren't born into that Jewish nation of Israel. So the whole world then could hear about what God has done for us. Now as we've seen the story, Paul was trying to go about his mission. And finally, he gets tired of an evil spirit in a woman. And he commands the spirit to leave her and leave it does. But of course, the times were that this woman had owners. She was a slave girl. And they realised that, well, their opportunity at making money 
had gone. And they were angry. In fact, they went to Paul and Silas and they dragged them to the magistrates. And the magistrates threw them in prison, in the inner cell, after they had given each of them a severe beating. Now, I just want you to think about this for a minute. They were doing what God had called them to do. They had rescued a woman from an evil spirit. They'd been doing God's work. They had been sharing the gospel and they had been obviously loving people. And then you read the story and now they're arrested. They are beaten and they're imprisoned. And you could be left thinking, well, they've done nothing wrong. Only served God. Yet here they are. Now I've thought about this and, and surely they should be mad, shouldn't they? I'm asking you the question this morning. Surely they should be mad. They should at least be upset, maybe feeling let down or even left alone, like God's put gone fishing on the door. What would our response be? Lord, I, I, I love you and, and, and I've been doing everything right. And this is how you repay me? I've been to church. I, I've, I've given to the work. I've loved people that, if I'm honest, I don't really like. And now this. What's going on? Just listen to this in verse 24. As Paul records for us. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. The situation has got worse. Their freedom in its entirety has been removed. And the question here is what would you be praying for? The question here in these moments for you and me, is what are we praying for? And again, I've thought about it. And it's freedom, isn't it? Lord, I want to be free. We are locked down, Lord. We are, Paul and Silas, locked in the inner cell with our feet in the stocks. We are locked, Lord, and we want to be free. Surely that's the prayer. Verse 25, as the text goes on for us. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, their freedom has gone. They are now, instead of what I would have assumed is the thing to do and and, and be particularly upset, they are praising God and they are singing hymns. 
Now, I can only assume, I may be wrong, I can only assume that these were not minor chord hymns. You know the ones? These were major chord, these were G chord hymns. People were enthused, people were listening. They were praising God and they were praying to God. They got the attention of the prison. And they'd be saying, what are they doing? They're locked up, worse than we are, in the inner cell with their feet in the stocks. Yet still, they seem to be joyful. How on earth is this possible? And then you read verse 26 and, and my mind's going, yes, the Lord, they, that's what they were praying. And the Lord has answered their prayer. Listen, suddenly, verse 26, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaking. At once, all of the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. You're like, yes, Lord, surely that's what they've been praying for. Yes, Lord, freedom. And I would think, get up and go. And I, I'm pretty sure you thought the same this morning. Get up and go. Listen to this. They aren't focused on the moment. They're focused on their maker. They aren't focused on the moment. They are focused on their maker. They want to share Jesus. That is still their focus. It hasn't changed. And we have to think in our own hearts and our own minds, do we believe that God works, church, in the sadness, that God works in the disappointment, that God works in the heartache and the pain? Two men beaten and imprisoned, the gates swing wide open and they stay put. Why? Two men beaten and imprisoned and they are still full of joy. Why? Because they are not basing their lives on the moment, but they are basing their lives on Jesus. Their joy is based on him. That's why they could sing in this moment. That's why they could pray and give thanks to God in this moment. That's why when seemingly their prayers got answered, that they saved the jailer's life. Instead of saving their own lives and running, they saved the jailer's life. Let me read verse 27 and verse 28. The jailer woke up and when he saw that the prison doors uh, had opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. C can you imagine that jailer in those moments? Everybody's gone. What am I going to do? It is my job. It is my life. And Paul shouts to him, do not harm yourself. So when the gates flung open and the chains fell off, instead of running, they saved the jailer's life. 
he and his whole family were saved and they were baptised because Paul and Silas knew, and listen to this, they knew that God was bigger than the moment. They were absolutely certain that God was bigger than the moment. Remember, these men are still bleeding. They are still sore. They are bruised and battered. And they are looking past all of that. Because God is bigger than the moment. Their real joy, the real stuff, their real joy became the jailer's real joy. You say, Matt, how do you know? Verse 34, read it with me. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. The jailer, for the first time, had realised what real joy was. And he found that where? He found that in God. He found real joy. As Paul and Silas had it, the jailer realised it, he saw it, he accepted Christ as his saviour and he received real joy. God brings the real stuff, church, not counterfeit or circumstantial. Don't tell me about your joy when everything's perfect and going to your plan. God works in the uncertainty. Where faith is required. This is where real joy lives. Rooted in him. Amen. Real joy lives when we are rooted in him. Let's pray. Father, this morning we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you for the joy that Paul and Silas had in these moments, Lord, that it wasn't based on the circumstances that they found themselves in, but Father, it was rooted in you. We just ask, Lord, that you would just speak into our hearts and into our lives, that we would see something of your beauty this morning, and that Father, as the jailer realised, that he could find real joy in you. Lord, I ask that that might happen for people up and down this country, Lord, throughout this world, that in these times where our freedom is seemingly been taken away, that, Father, that we would see that it isn't based on circumstances, but, Father, our joy is based on you, and we can receive life through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you again, Father God, for all that you're doing for us. Continue, Father, to help us and to strengthen us and all those that are doing what needs to be done on the front line. Just continue, Lord, to speak into hearts and lives. And Father, we pray that you would just be with us at these times. We thank you again in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Church, thank you so much for joining with us. We love the fact that you've been with us this morning. Um, if you are ready to do the real stuff, to celebrate the real stuff, ready to enjoy what God has put into our lives, stick it in the chat. Let's enjoy just sharing together and let's just enjoy all that God's doing for us. God bless and we'll see you soon. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.